Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Whoa, hey, special, special week in the world of professional wrestling. This is Cheap Heat, the 106-ranked sports and recreation podcast in the world. My name is Peter Rosenberg. I am brought to you by a man. When you hear his music hit, you know exactly who he is. That's right. It's SGG, a.k.a. Uptown Malcolm. And I know what everyone's thinking about. The biggest story in wrestling this week that we need to discuss, Greg, is Roman Reigns and John Cena. But I first need to tell everyone that the Uptown Malcolm shirts are available right now, and they will not be for very much longer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got mine. I hope they get theirs. Did you order your own shirt? Um, I did not. I was going to, but then I, con- I just contacted Mark. Top Shelf Premium. Out. Yeah, just to make sure. So just for the record, everyone, TopShelfPremium.com has what may be the it, – it is. It's the best Uptown Malcolm shirt to date. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful garment, and it will not be around for very much longer. Um, but I wanted to do one more podcast. Probably by this weekend, I'm going to pull down the Cheap Heat alumni shirt, and I'm going to pull down the Uptown Malcolm shirt. So uh, you're going to be mad later. Don't ask me about it later. This is it. You want to support the podcast in a way, this is how you do it. Uh, it's up there right now, TopShelfPremium.com. SGG, before we dive right in to this new, new, new era episode of Cheap Heat, is there anything that happened outside of the ring that we have to get to before we talk about all the mage things that occurred inside the ring? Well, um, outside of a WWE ring, there was an incident this past weekend that sort of has the whole wrestling world talking, at least um, the internet wrestling community. Um, women's wrestling was supposed to take the big center stage this weekend with the May Young Classic being available on the network now, but um, over the weekend at Triple A's Triple Mania event, which is sort of their big show. Um, one of the wrestlers decided to shoot on another wrestler. Sexy Star decided to shoot on Rosemary and tried to break her arm at the end of um, a women's match and had like everybody's pissed off about it from Jeff Jarrett to Cody Rhodes to um, Vampiro to Rosemary, who obviously was the, the victim in that incident. Wow, can I see video? I, I did see people tweeting about this, and I did not know what everyone was talking about. I've been a little bit in my own world. Is there video of this? There is huh? video of this. I'm not oh, sure. Here if... it is. You're not sure what? I, mean, I was going to say, I'm not sure if it's if you might be able to find it on Twitter. I, I saw it online. Um... Well, I, I found... I found what is supposedly the video right now. You can't see from this. You can't see from this angle. From this angle, you can't see what would make it more. What would make it a shoot and not just the end of a match? From the yeah. angle that I saw. Right. So, um, Rosemary posted a statement to Twitter. And she said, let me make this perfectly clear. By the way, who is Rosemary? Is she good? 
She's uh, she wrestles in GFW. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I don't follow GFW um, as closely as some of our more hardcore listeners do. Um, I know Sexy Star was was in Lucha Underground. She might still be in Lucha Underground, and she's really good. She actually was Lucha Underground um, champion, which might sound crazy to you, but it's true. She was a she is a woman, and she was Lucha Underground champion. Um, That's Mage. Um, all right. Well, this isn't Mage. Uh, Rosemary says, "Let me make this perfectly clear." If you take liberties with someone's body when they're giving it to you and trusting you to keep them safe, you are not tough. You are an a-hole, and you don't belong in this business. So far, I agree. Sexy Star decided to do just that this weekend at Triple Mania, and while I have remained quiet on social media until I was more calm to address the situation, I have, ne- I am- I have now been informed that she is telling people that it is a work. You are all now being informed that Sexy Star is a liar. She was a liar in the locker room when she was forced to apologize and instead cooked up some BS excuse that she didn't know, and she is a liar now. You know if you are torquing on someone's arm. You know an arm bar is real. You know an arm bar is a real and dangerous hold. The only reason your face is not broken right now is because a little voice inside me, in my head, as I lay on the apron, kept repeating, don't go to Mexican prison. <laughs> However, turning to positives, the outreach from the wrestling community has been incredible, blah, 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 blah. Wow. So, yeah, that is uh, that is crazy. I mean, like I'm saying, from the video I'm watching, uh, anyone who was sitting here to tell you they could tell that it was a shoot and not someone working, I, I don't think you could tell. But, I think it just looks like a selling the end of a match. But that's the I thing totally, with the, I a lot of it. these wrestling holds, though, right? Like, they look like they're not that painful, but then, like, if you actually slap on a chicken wing or a, or a figure four or – or an arm bar or something like that onto somebody and you actually put some put some stink on it, it will hurt. So like we can tell you can't tell from the video, but um, Well you she- know what you know what people say you know what people say about the Cena submission? Uh one of my favorite phrases in wrestling. Looks like shit hurts like hell. <laughs> Which is amazing to me because all anyone complains about is that the STFU does not look painful at all, but in fact, it's actually quite painful. But you're right. Like, yeah, there's there's no way of knowing SGG. So uh, that is interesting. Anything else that really happened outside the ring that is hands down worth addressing? Um, I, as much as I hate to bring it up, we got to talk about Saturday night, right? Uh, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we should we could mention a little bit. I thought it was a pretty entertaining night. Um, you know, if any of you guys think that Greg is a very marky wrestling fan, I'm here to let you know it crosses over to other uh, competitive Hold sports on. as well. Am I am I the mark? And listen to that. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Please. Conor McGregor, right? His greatest attribute is that he believes in himself, like to the point of delusion almost. Right? He I would ri- I wouldn't say that's his greatest attribute, but okay, I'll, I'll for the What would you say is his greatest attribute? He's a great fighter. He's he's decent, but he pushes himself into the upper echelon because he believes in himself to the point of delusion. And he said that he was going to knock Floyd Mayweather out. He believes that he has this um, mythological godlike punching power and that he was going to overwhelm Floyd Mayweather. And so Saturday night, after he lost, I texted the group chat and I said, and I stand by this, that anything... But a win was a failure for both of them, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. And not only did Conor not win, right, but 
his this godlike punching power that he claims he had had no effect. Like Floyd Mayweather's face looked like he just came from the spa, and Conor McGregor punched him in the face 111 times. Like one of those should have been the knockout blow. But not only that, um, the fight went exactly like I said. Like when we was on Cheap Heat a few weeks ago, I said. This reminds me of the Hatton fight, and it's going to happen to go down just like the Hatton fight. And it did. Now, you could call me a mark or whatever, like, but I was right about the fact that um, it was going to end up like the Hatton fight. Conor McGregor is— But those are two separate points. Those are two separate points. He is being delusional, right, and him, him— Being right being right about the Hatton fight, I mean, most people thought that the fight would play out exactly the way it played out. That's what most—the that like, the smart logic was betting— Floyd knockout right. at some point but, he would get a knockout. How am I now, the mark? That, that's not crazy. I never you're, believe you're that a mark he's because you believe out. you're I a mark never because you believe th- that. But that's what makes you a mark. The fact that you believe what Connor says to sell the fight, as if he actually believes that. You don't think he believes just that selling he's the fight? Floyd out? No, <laughs> no. Then, then no, I don't. I think he wanted a check. I think the reason they were hugging each other at the end is because they went, oh, my God, we just had the highest grossing night in boxing history. We came up with a plan. We executed the plan. And guess what? In the end, it turned out to be halfway think, entertaining and decent on top of it. That's I think it. you're giving I, both of them too much credit. I think I, I do think Conor McGregor believed what he said he was going to do. And I think that a large portion of his fans – also believed that he was going to knock Floyd out. And if anybody is a mark or anybody got worked, it's the people who bought the fight on Saturday hoping to see Conor McGregor knock Floyd Mayweather out at any point. I agree. That is definitely the, the, the people who got worked the most. Absolutely. But I also felt that a lot of the people who got worked were, I saw a lot of people on social media who really were relegated to falling completely into the racial stuff that they played into and really found themselves hating McGregor and celebrating Floyd Mayweather when in real life, as you've said many times, and you weren't like an Arn uh, Floyd supporter, but as you pointed out many times, Floyd is the one who we know outside the ring is probably a bad guy. Right. Not, and- not Connor. And to see people celebrating and exalting Floyd as if, like, he's this great hero when, in fact, they both just worked everyone for your money. Yeah, and I, people I, were sitting there, like, celebrating him. And I was like, really? Like, McGregor's yeah. not a – listen, McGregor said things that I didn't like. So did Floyd. But honestly, to, to get tricked into, like, McGregor was truly the bad guy and, and, and Floyd is some good guy, oh, you've been worked if you believe yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Floyd is, is the greatest guy. I mean – I support him as a black man making history, but that's where it stops. Like, dude is a Trump supporter. He beats women. He uses, like, he uses him. He uses the fact that he's a black man to like get over when he can, but then he forgets about. Well, but he it did it. He did it with you. Him. He did it with you. You just said. You literally just said. I just rooted for him because he's a. Black no, I didn't man. say. I, I didn't say I rooted for him. I didn't say I. Rooted, I didn't. Like, you said I, I support him. What? What? So, at what point do we draw the line of? You can't support someone in spite of the fact that you belong to the same ethnic group. At what point does that? And I'm just, Greg. I'm just asking you this question. I think it's a challenge for not just you, for for people to think about in general. At what point does that just become ridiculous? That you're like, I support a guy who I believe has beaten women, is a Trump supporter, all these different things you said, but I still support him because he's a black man making history. No, At what I, point do you say he's I a su- black man who I wish wasn't making history? 
It's true. I wish it wasn't him. I wish it, I wish it could have been somebody else. I can't name. A, I can't pick a the name Usos, one. for example. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or or Shelty B. Shelty B. But um, no, seriously, I only supported him to the point that it meant that he was going to get fifty and oh against Conor McGregor, and it's like that's where it began and ended. It was like him beating Conor was the extent of my love and support for Floyd Mayweather. Um, I don't like his antics outside of the ring because I think, and I say this with Conor McGregor too, and you can call me a mark or say I'm getting worked or whatever, but I think that speaks to um, a larger part about their their philosophy and like the way they think about people in general. So like I can't I can't rock with people. But like do you realize? Them. But do you realize that if you say the words, "I supported him in this fight because it was Conor McGregor, etc." You are saying, I got worked. I got worked. I don't even like Floyd Mayweather, but they put on such a good show of this whole cockamimi, good guy, bad guy, black, white thing. I fell into it, and I rooted for a guy I don't even like. So let me that ask you this question, you got Pete. Worked. Let me ask you this question, Pete. Go ahead. Who didn't get worked? Not, and not only that, who doesn't get work? Like if you if you enjoy some form of entertainment at all, then like then you just got worked, I guess. That's the way it seems to me because like I think I think if you had a true rooting interest on this night, um you got worked. I mean, I guess I could give a pass to like straight up people from Ireland. You know what I mean? Which I equate to even being different than just someone's skin color. Like if you're straight up Irish and he no, carries that's cultural. That flag, that's, that's actually cultural. Right. That's not like that's white actually pride. cultural. That's actually right? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's not about race. That's where you're from. So like I get that. I- I'll say they didn't get worked. Um, everyone else, myself included, I think got worked <laughs> to varying degrees. I mean, like okay. for me, I I never had a rooting interest. Like when the night happened, when Connor was doing pretty good. I was like, whoa. And then when Floyd started doing pretty good, I was like, oh, I, I didn't care. Like, I just so wanted let me to ask see you, what it would be. Let me ask you this then. You just said you got worked to – like everybody gets worked to varying degrees, right? Sure. So admitting that, right, at what point do we say, all right, because if, if that's the case, then anytime anybody says anything, you can just say – you got worked, and that's supposed to end the conversation. But we're here to have the conversation. So I, I, don't, I don't believe it's a conversation ender. I, that I disagree with. Uh, we're, we're, I don't believe it's a conversation ender. It's just sometimes I, I don't – in the case of wrestling, I never point out being worked because I think that's what we're all there for. Right. So, I mean, when people start taking it personally and, like, for example, like they start hating a person for real and not wanting them to do well in the business – I'll, that's when I might be like, you're getting worked, brother. Oh, because... yeah, yeah. I definitely got worked by the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels rivalry. Still still getting worked. Exactly. Like <laughs> that, 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 for example. There you go. But, and, and, but in, the, in general in wrestling, I don't really care because that's we're all there. We bought a ticket, and we are there to be worked. But in the case of this, I thought it was more interesting because they really worked the entire sports world into this being a thing. When I don't believe Connor ever thought, as good as he thinks he is, you could see, like, he was so happy with himself for lasting as long as he did because he didn't think he could last a round or two. He, he, Floyd is on a different level. And let me say this, and we'll, and we'll move on. We, I will give this 60 more seconds, and we will get all into Roman Cena for the better part of this podcast. But I'll, I'll say this. Floyd did what Floyd does. He lets people control fights early so he can get a gauge of what they're doing. But all that being said... Connor was impressive. I, I, the people who say like it was completely 
he showed nothing that's inaccurate. Now, does did Floyd let him do what he did early? Yeah, but Floyd does that in every fight, and he yeah. did a much better job of that than other people do. And then when Floyd made the decision of, okay, I've seen enough, it's time for me to work, I think it was a harder challenge than he expected. What, and, what do you think? And I agree, and that, that's the problem that basically every fighter had with Floyd Mayweather is that he lets you work your game plan early, and then his game plan is just to survive. And then when he kicks in his game plan after he actually get a feel for what you can do, then your plan becomes survive. I think that's the problem. When Floyd adjusts, people can't adjust to that adjustment. And so like they, everybody fails and it's, it's, it's just a a testament to how smart he is in the ring. All right. Uh, Well, SGG, let's just get right to it. Um, Number one takeaway from uh, Raw this week and from wrestling this week is the promo we got from John Cena and Roman Reigns. First of all, to my personal surprise and many others as well, it's official. They will square off at No Mercy in Los Angeles uh, three and a half weeks from now, whatever it is, three and a half weeks from now in in a regular good old-fashioned one-on-one, no title on the line match. Um, for, I'm very surprised that we're getting this at no mercy, um, but I was, I was also surprised by how much we got on Monday. What do you think? Do you have any idea what the logic was? And I'm not knocking it because man, it created great conversation and excitement, and every pay per view has to sell, not just the big ones. So I'm all for it. But Greg, in your mind, what do you think could possibly be the impetus? for them jumping to this right now and jumping right in as hard as they did? Man, I, I think I think it, Zach Linder pointed this out in, in the group chat too, is that the money was on the table right now. So they're going to take it right now. Like the match is there and um, this idea of saving it for WrestleMania. They, they even said it on Monday several times that this is a WrestleMania worthy match. I think John Cena even said it out of his own mouth. But WrestleMania is not until next year. So, you know, and in that time, anybody could be injured. You know, who knows what either one of them are going to be doing at WrestleMania. Who knows if they even have plans for something else that might be bigger for both of them at WrestleMania. But this is ready right now, so let's get it right now. I I think that's what it was, too. It was an example of they don't know what Cena's schedule is going to be. They Cena was in a sort of in-between place having a match with Baron Corbin. He's around right now. They were they were going to go Strowman and Brock. So I think it was just one of those things where you're right, where I think they made the right decision and uh, call me a shill all you want. You applaud WWE for saying, all right, well, let's not waste it. Let's get to it later. They said, we don't know when there's going to be later with right. John Cena's schedule. So let's get to it right now. And if it's awesome, by the way, if it's awesome, none of us know when Cena's going away again. He may disappear right after No Mercy, so they come back and do it again at WrestleMania. We have no idea. So I, I think you have to be happy they're they're getting to it when they are, um, as much as I'm surprised by it. And listen, believe me, no one's more surprised than me because me and Sam work out our schedules for who's going to do what pay-per-view. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I I handed off no mercy right away. I was like, I'm not going to L.A. It's that's you know I I if I can avoid 
I love going to L.A. when I have time to go to L.A. But going to L.A. for like 48 hours to do a pay-per-view, I was like, eh, let me wait and do the October pay-per-views. So I'm not scheduled to be there, and I'm sitting here like, man, I might have to find – they may have to find work for me at No Mercy. Like, I don't know how I can miss <laughs> it. Like, this is this – is, I'm so interested to see how they work together, and, and, and you could see how much real animosity there is, which I find really interesting. Now, Greg, how hard – I'm worried that my take that I had out of the promo is almost going to be ruined – because I'm with you, and my assumption is you're going to go so far in the direction that I already think that I, you're going to make me disagree with myself. <laughs> Listen, this was, this was my takeaway from the promo. Right at the okay. top, you said it. This was a great promo. Like, it, it, was, it was entertaining, like, edge of your seat, hanging on every word, entertaining. Now... Um, something I did notice right away, and I rewatched it a couple of times just to to confirm that you know my suspicions were correct, or you know my gut feeling was sort of correct, and um, it was the fact that this promo I feel like it was pretty even with Cena and and Roman. Obviously, Cena got the better of him, but it was not Ether by any means, and um, I felt like. Neither one of them, like, they didn't really bring much that was original to the promo, but for the first time, they were both acknowledging things that had been said about each other in a promo. Because if you notice, it was like Cena said the same thing to Roman that he says to everybody else that he feuds with. You know, I'm still here because you can't take my spot. And Roman said the same thing to Cena that everybody else before him said to Cena, which is like, you're a part-timer. You bury people. So none of that was original. It was just them parroting internet um, comments towards each other. And the reason it felt like Cena won was because more people on the internet had been saying that and they wanted to hear that and they wanted to hear it directed at Roman Reigns. So you think the reason that ultimately people preferred Cena's performance was just because simply... It validated people- everything they were saying. Well, and, and the people who once hated Cena now hate Roman much more. Yes, and that doesn't mean that they love Cena at all. It just means that they hate Roman more. Even the even the concept of um, Roman being like a a corporately made version of Cena, it's not true, but it played well on TV. You know, even the idea when Cena said, you know, um, when I had the U.S. Championship, I used it to bring in new superstars like AJ Styles. Cena wasn't U.S. champ when AJ Styles and Cena had their program. Rusev was. Um, And in fact, it was Cena that answered AJ's challenge, not AJ that answered a Cena open challenge. So that was a lie, but it played well. Well, that's that's a great point, SGG. A rare stat from Stack Guy. Greg, we appreciate that. Um, Listen, was Cena good? Yeah, he was really good. Um, Was he great? No, that was not his best. He's done better recently, honestly. Like, there was a time when I I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was one with um, AJ. But there was a promo that Cena cut in the last year that I thought was even better. I think to your point, people were just so ready to hear someone say those things at Roman that they loved it. And the reason everyone's burying Roman is because Roman had that one big flub. Yeah. You know? And I will tell you, that big flub... 
Um, it stinks. It was it was terrible timing for a guy who has not made a lot of mistakes. You know, as much as they say big match John, it's big match Roman. The guy delivers in every big match situation, and we know that his Achilles heel is his mic work. He gets his biggest mic spot so far, and he has one pretty solid flub. And that's uh, that's tough. You know, that that's... And that's the part that, like, I, I get confused about. It's not confused, but it's like, now I want to know, you know, because so much of it, of what they do in that ring is, like, scripted and micromanaged and everything like that. Like, they know that a criticism against Roman is that he can't do mic work, quote unquote. So do they send him out there to purposely mess up his mic work against Cena to sell the animosity in this fight to boost the fight? I don't know. If no. they did, that's brilliant. I, I, it would be brilliant, but I highly doubt that. Uh, uh, real quick, I posted at people to give our their comments and questions for Cheap Eat. The first one, I said, what do you want to talk about? And the first person, Ryan O'Donnell, says, one hour of Greg trying to convince you that Roman Reigns had the better promo on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he um, had the better promo. I just said that Cena had the better promo, but it wasn't, it wasn't like – a landslide in favor that, of that, I, Well, you know what? Then I, I got to tell you, I'm surprised, Greg. We're on the same page. That's all I felt. When I first was reading the headlines, and I hadn't watched the whole thing yet, and everyone's like, oh, man, Cena's dropping the truth. He's shooting on him, blah, blah, blah. And don't get me wrong. He said, he said some things that were interesting. But also, can I just point something out real quick? And I love John, by the way, and I, I, I love them both. I, you know, some people were making fun of me, like when that, I said that Roman was did great. They're like, "Oh, is Vince McMahon over your shoulder as you type this?" I'm like, <laughs> "You act as if saying, you act as if it's not shill like to say that Cena was great. Like, let please when you're picking sides here, let's not act like being pro Roman is being anti WWE or vice versa. They are both the two biggest names in the WWE. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's be clear. Neither side is the rebel side here. Um, That's why but, this match is so interesting too, because people are going to be forced to pick a side. Are you going to boo everybody? Are you going to cheer everybody? Like, how is it going to be split is what I want to see at no mercy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. Interested to see that too. You'll have no idea exactly how it's going to play out, but here's the one thing I'll say about John. If you guys are really honest about it, and I and and admit it, some of you guys who think Cena absolutely won it, and it's and boy, boy, a, a moment like this makes for strange bedfellows because I'm sure a lot of you people who are supporting Cena were were the biggest Cena sucks people in the world. But okay, I'll play along. Right now, if you were saying Cena crushed him and he was so much better, you're telling me that Cena's critique of Roman wasn't a little bit petty and salty and jealous. Right. Like, honestly, like, honestly, the whole theme of what he's mad about doesn't sound like you're just mad because this is the next guy. And if he's shooting and if he's shooting and people say that he is and he really does feel this way, he doesn't know that Roman's good enough. I mean, come on, fam. Did people really think at the time Cena was good enough? Right. How many how many years? Did it take for people to start truly respecting John Cena? How long? There are some people who still don't truly respect John Cena, and he's been on top for like 15 years. So my point is, if you're going to sit there and tell me how great it was and what an awesome promo we cut, and there it was pretty damn good, I just want to point out a lot of it was really petty. Yeah. It really was. Like you didn't have a ton of things to say. Now, granted, to Greg's point, 
a lot of what Roman said was things people have already said. You're a part-timer. I'm here busting my butt. That holds no water because Cena being a part-timer now, stop it. That was after he was full-time for like 13 straight years. So yeah, he, that he doesn't means, that, care. He doesn't care. And that means nothing. That And also, and then, you know, ultimately he goes for the cheap pop, though it was really cheap heat, when, when he calls him a you know, like, so don't get me wrong. There were flaws in Roman's promo for sure. And he had the huge flub, which opened the door for Cena to ultimately really, ultimately really win the, the, the standoff. But guys, let's just be fair. If you've been hating on Roman's promos for a long time, he, he showed some real passion. Yeah, he it, showed some ability. He showed that there's something there. There is another level for Roman Reigns. If you've been hating on Roman for a long time, then like you've just been wrong for a long time because his... His mic work is not at the level of Ric Flair or even his cousin, The Rock, but his mic work on Monday and every time he has a big match sells you on the fight. But not only that, his ring work has been great this whole time. Like, yeah, Cena might have got him on the mic, but eventually they have to step in the ring together. And Roman's a better wrestler than John Cena. I agree with you about that. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you here, Greg, because you said he's not as good a promo man as the Nature Boy um, or his cousin The Rock. He's not as good a promo as the New Day or the Usos. Okay, he's not as good a promo as um, Alexa Bliss at times. You know but, what I'm saying? But like, does he have to be though? Is my point though? Does he have to be like? Uh, it it depends. I mean, it depends to be the number one guy. In the modern era, you know, like ultimately, and no pun intended, Ultimate Warrior might be the only one who couldn't really cut a promo. And he was still compelling on the mic, even though it was crazy. But he didn't last that long as champion. The the real, the guys who you expect Roman to be, Greg, I'm actually going to say, yes, he does have to be great on the microphone. He has to. But he has to get better than he is right now. He this does. is what I don't understand then. Like, how is it that he has to be better on the microphone, but then, like, all these guys who are so-so in the ring, like, skate by. This is wrestling. Yeah, but he's number one. Like, you're at, you're talking about, listen, uh, Shelton Benjamin does not have to get good on the microphone, and I got news for you. It ain't going to happen. He, Shelton is who <laughs> Shelton is. I mean, I, we haven't heard him talk much yet, but my guess is Shelton isn't coming back being like, yo, give me the stick. I'm going to cut promos. That's not his job. Um, that's not the job of a lot of people. But when you're the number one guy, I really do think that it is your job. And I actually think that a program with Cena is going to be so big for Roman getting to the next level. Love him or hate him, this is going to be a critical time. Now, I think I think when push comes to shove, his ring work, unquestionable. I don't think anyone could really argue the man has great matches. But I am going to disagree with you. That I, I think, and I think if you think about it deep down, you, you'll agree. For the role they want him to have, you got to be a pretty good Mike guy. And I, I think he can learn a lot having a program with Cena. Yeah, I, I think he can learn a lot having a program with Cena, too. I just don't think his mic work is as deep in the toilet as people try to say. I, I agree. I'm sure. I think people probably overstate that, too. Yeah. But I, but I do think it needs but I do think it needs some work. Could it be um, better? Yeah, but I mean, that could also be just us overlooking some things here and there. You know? I don't know. Yeah, so, so, so anyways, I got to find a way to get out there. I, I I don't know how I can miss this. You know, like, they got to put me on Raw Talk. They got to have <laughs> me backstage. Like, I don't want to step on Sam's toes. He's going to be on the panel. 
you know, and I got to deal with my own, you know, I, I listen, n- next time I get on the panel, who knows, maybe Jerry Lawler and I come to blows. We don't know what happens. You know what I'm saying? Now, was it after we did the podcast last week that we found out that on his podcast he buried me further? It was. It was. It came out after the fact. Did you hear it? I did not hear it. I'm not. I, I refuse to give him a listen. I already know how he feels. Him going deeper into how he feels is not going to change anything unless part of that is like an apology. An apology. Wrong. That's yeah, all you want. Like, an apology. That's right. That that's the only way he's gonna get a listen from me is is if he apologizes because he's wrong. Yo. He's wrong. Don't you think it would have been nice if in his own hometown of Memphis, Memphis this week, he would have gotten up and apologized in front of the home crowd? If he had if he had a, a modicum of class, if he was if he was the king that he claims to be, that would have been the first thing he did with, when they Great play point. his music before Raw. He would have said, you know what, I'm not going to, I don't want to take up too much time with this on the broadcast, but I did something, you know, very, very rude and disrespectful. And I want to take this opportunity to apologize to Peter Rosenberg. Could have been a dot com exclusive. They could have threw it up on the YouTube. Very good point. Very good point. Hey, real quick, shout out to uh, Joshua Millett, JS Street. He said he wanted us to talk about Cena versus Roman mic work. So I guess we just covered lots of that. Um, And we'll get to, uh, we'll get to some other stuff as well. Uh, I don't know. I didn't listen to the King's podcast either. I heard that he explained it more. But, like, for the record, um, obviously everyone knows I was paying tribute to Bobby Heenan. And I actually sent an email to Bobby Heenan's wife um, with a picture of it, you know, just to show love and just be like, hey, I just want you to see that I pay tribute. Listen, maybe he would hate it. Who knows? I don't know Bobby Heenan except for the one time I poured my heart out to him and told him that I loved him. Maybe he'd be like, you're an idiot. I'm sure he'd make a joke about me for sure. But the idea of actually thinking I was trying to rip someone off is, dare I say, ludicrous. Um, yeah, he, he's an idiot for that. If you were trying to rip him off, the, the name Bobby Heenan wouldn't have come out of anyone's mouth. You said you were trying to pay homage. Like, if you were trying to rip him off, you did a terrible job at it because you gave him all the credit. Exactly right. That's not how you do it. Um all right, uh, SGG, we're, we're very excited to see where this all plays. Now, if you were to predict, if you had to predict right now who goes over at No Mercy between Cena and Roman, what would it, you say? It has to be Roman, right? Because, like, you're looking towards the future, and as great as Cena is, it has to be Roman. And Cena winning would contradict some of the things that he said in the promo, this idea that, I don't bury anybody and blah, blah, blah. For that to be true, he has to lay down. Or, like, at least in the eyes of of the internet wrestling community, you know? For that to be true, he has to lose. And whether we like it or not, Roman's the future. You know, Cena is part-time because he doesn't know how much time he has left. Meanwhile, Roman probably has, like, another 10 years in him. So. I am going to say that when it's all said and done, Cena wins going away, and 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 we and we lose him again for a little while, and maybe even that's the end of September. Uh, I don't know if he'd be gone till the Rumble, but maybe, maybe he disappears to the Rumble and then is around from the Rumble to Mania. Right? It's but possible. Then, the, then does he return the favor? Because honestly, I could see a situation where Cena. Oh yeah, he would return the favorite at Mania. 
I could see a situation where Cena loses and then just leaves it at that. You know, no, if he, Cena he wins, could. he got to return the favor because you build it towards the future. Like, we, you know, like, if a Cena wins, then what do you get out of that? If he wins, especially if he wins and goes away, do we get a new Roman Reigns? Does more Roman Reigns, like, show more aggression? You know, like, a Roman Reigns win does something more for his character because then he can say, I retired John, I retired The Undertaker, and I beat John Cena clean, which not many people, we just talked about this the, um, a couple of weeks ago too. Not many people can say that. It was like five people in the past 10 years that beat John Cena clean. Yeah, it's not common. It's not common. Um, I'll tell you this. If they ever get a match at WrestleMania, Cena ain't going over. <laughs> Cena ain't going over if they get a match at WrestleMania, nor should he. Um, I wouldn't think. Someone said, Steph English says, Roman was almost crying during the promo. I do not think that's yeah, true. Yeah, that that's an example of the people who just... that that Those are the people who think Cena won in a landslide, though, that like... See, now here's here's a good here's a good uh, tweet from Joe. Let it, let, let it play out. Joe Poulin Jr. Cena and Reigns has to be the greatest undressing of a wrestler in history in the history of TV... And how well Reigns recovered that no one mentions. That's a good way of putting it. Because it was a great undressing and a solid recovery. Um, yeah. People, As you can tell, though, people are really excited. Oh, and then um, o- OZ Bronco fan. I give you his so you can write him obnoxious messages. OZ Bronco fan says, An hour of putting yourself over again. That's just rude. Do I put myself over that much? I don't think so. But also, it's it's never like gratuitous overage. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't just shoot. I mean, more. what do I do? You want you want? I, I shouldn't mention th- that I do anything. Like I should come home from working at a pay per view and then just like pretend I didn't go to work there. That's fraud, <laughs> right? That would be sh- totally fraudulent. You should get on your podcast um, after like being backstage and have insights into all these things that. We don't see and we don't get, and don't mention any of it. That would be great. No, no, no just, don't. Yeah, don't, don't say anything because I don't want people to think I'm putting myself over. Yeah, just read results from uh, Raja.com or whatever, or even exactly. better, so like we, re, we can do the same podcast that random rumors. That'd be great. It, exactly, we can do the same podcast that like three nerds are doing sitting in their bedroom, in spite of the fact that I work for the company. How about I be honest about the fact that I work for the company, and 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 yet still. Uh, be honest about the fact that I don't know what the hell is going on and give my best insight on things that I do know. It's, all, it's what I try to do, guys. I actually, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, and, and I would love for you guys to give me feedback. Honest truth. And this is putting myself over. <laughs> I, I believe that I have been more critical of the product than I expected myself to be since working for them. What are your thoughts? I I, I agree. And I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie. You have more freedom to do that than I thought you would have because you just never know. Like, at the end of the day, they run a business and their business is entertainment and they, like, critics don't usually, you know, that there's that conflict of interest almost where, like, yeah, you're, you're allowed to criticize them, but also you work for them. You know what I mean? So it's tough. You definitely um, are walking a fine line, but you're doing it well, I think. And it's like you're not the only one who has access. Like you're not the only podcaster 
who has access. There are tons of others who have um, the same amount of access you do. Like, not not to throw salt, but Sam Roberts doesn't get the accusation of putting himself over every weekend. You guys are in the same exact spot. Yeah, but there's there's something about the marquee world. They love Sam and hate me. I, I am. I, I don't am know what always. You did. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think I I think they see Sam as more one of them than than me for some reason. I, I'm not exactly sure what that is, which is funny because Sam has always openly and admittedly been a shill for WWE. Yet I'm actually at this podcast we're actually super critical the way I think most fans are because I think actual fans are super critical. Right. You know, even even before Sammy got the job there, he admittedly was not the guy who got on the show and was super critical of booking and things of that nature. That's just, like, not what he wanted to do. And I don't think I'm a jerk in terms of how critical I am, but I also think the only thing people really enjoy doing on podcasts is thinking about things that happened, how it could have been better, et cetera, et cetera. So, anyways, thank you for inspiring us to put ourselves over for the last five minutes. Um, let's see. Someone wanted us to mention the Rosemary situation. We did, did do that. that. Um, her name is Rosemary, not Rosemary, right? I think it's Rosemary, but I don't know. I have no oh, oh, no, I'm going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to die now. This is going to be really bad. Um, okay. First of all, Greg, maybe before we move on to the next thing, how about we get into the black power rank? Uh-huh. And I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. Yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blickety black, 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 Special special edition of the Black Power Rankings. Top really? What? Yeah, why is that? It's top three, not top five. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, this was, this why was you wanted to, you wanted to narrow it? This was a, well. This was just a bad week. So you know, like top three. We were just gonna do top three. Okay, go yeah. for it. Let's do it. Honorable Number mention. Three? Honorable, honorable mention. mention. Uh, King Booker, who was not on television this week. Um, he was in Houston. I'm sure everybody knows by now that. Um, Hurricane Harvey is hitting Houston pretty hard. And um, they mentioned that King Booker was down there with his family. So I just want to take this time to um, give a shout-out to King Booker, let him know that, you know, where he's in our thoughts and prayers, the Cheap Heat family. And, um, you know, if you have any money to donate, donate. If you can get down there and volunteer, please do that. They need all the support they can get. And so I just want to throw King Booker an honorable mention in the Black Power Rankings. There's so many things here to take away from what Greg did. Number one, he still always calls him King Booker, which always. is incredible. Once you're a king, you're always a king. The title is like president. It doesn't. You, the title never leaves. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, and number two, um, the you no sold Har- Harvey by saying, um, pr- "What was the way you just dis- like?" Uh, I said it's you know, devastating. Pre- pre- I think you used the word pretty devastating. So you kind of no sold Harvey. Listen, if anyone ever questions Greg, just so you know, he will only truly put over Roman Reigns. Not even Hurricane Harvey gets billed <laughs> properly. Um, and yeah, shout out to Booker. Absolutely, um, uh, I reached out to him as well uh, to check in, and um, I think he's doing fine. But yeah, it's a man. It is a mind blowing 
situation down there. And uh, Greg, I notice. Do you, don't you think it's a really bad idea to for celebrities to say how much they're donating? Yes, I do. There, it's tough no though because they're in a tough spot though. Because then if they don't say anything, then we don't think they did anything, and then we're like, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Even even as my, as the fake celebrity that I am. I said that I donated and recommended that people go donate themselves. Like, hey, just donated to J.J. Watt's thing. You know, it's a good place to donate to, blah, blah, blah. Right? Okay, there you go. But at at the point of saying the amount of money you make, like if you're Kevin Hart and you tell people that you donated $25,000, that's a lot of money. But when people hear it coming from Kevin Hart, that only makes you look bad. There is no win there. Yeah. Like, like just say you donated and let people assume what it is. Like, cause either a, it looks like you're trying to get credit for it or B it looks like you're being cheap. Yeah. So just, I, I don't, I never know why. Like people reply, like Nikki replied. She was like, yes, I'm going to donate, you know, 50,000 or 25,000. That's an obscene amount of money. But when you start doing the calculations of like, well, if that person's worth a hundred million, what percentage do they really just give? Right. Right. And, and that only makes them look bad. Just say you donated. You don't need to give a number. Yeah, because it's like you said, like once you once you give the number and like put all that information out there, then it's it gets a little suspect. Because like like you said, what do you have to gain from that? Almost is the question. Like okay, like you just start, it just raises more questions than answers. And but at the same time, like I said, they have to say something too. Because it's like then people think you didn't do anything. Hey, Greg, who is number three in the Black Power rankings? Sasha Banks. Oh, yeah. So rough week for Sasha Banks. Yeah. Rough, rough life almost at this point. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, she has <laughs> she's never successfully defended a women's championship in the WWE mm. on the main roster. She, you know, she did with the NXT championship, but the Raw Women's Championship seems to be i don't know it's it's like yeah it's it's tough it's tough she gets a number 3 cuz that was a, a a good match um she was a champion uh, the fallout from the match even though it had nothing to do with her with uh Nia Jax staking her claim to the championship all things that got people buzzing but it's just it's it's tough you know like just one. Make it make her last from pay per view to pay per view with one successful defense. That's all we ask at this point. I mean, I don't ask for that. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Uh, I I don't know why she can't hold the title. But at the same time, I wasn't mad that she lost the title either. Um, I wasn't like. I don't know. I think it's less important what happens with the title and more important what happens with her character. Can I tell you guys a harsh reality about Sasha? I don't think Sasha knows how to be a babyface. Did you hear her interview before she went out there? <laughs> Is like that all just- she does, she just heals off on everyone. Like they need to figure out what this character is. Like I just don't for how popular she is and how amazing I've as I've always said. First of all, she's probably the best working woman in the company or right there for it. Um, next, you know, maybe not Oscar or whatever, but she's right up. <laughs> Um, her look and everything, her whole gimmick is so well put together, but in terms of who the character is and like 
why I care about her. Like, you know, because she's really sweet and caring or, or because she's really mean and dangerous. What What is it? What but she's a, she's a boss, though. Like, she's going to heal off on everybody. I don't know why people cheer for her or, like, she's being positioned as the baby face. I guess she should be more, like, a tweener or just go full-on heel. But, um, but, yeah, she got to hold on to the championship, though. Otherwise, don't give it to her. I'd rather they not give her the championship then give it to her for two weeks, and then she gives it right back the first chance she can. Well, you think it only hurts her then to get the title and lose it? Yeah, because she, like, with the other champions, right, they had memorable runs. You know what I mean? Like, you could think of somebody and be like, damn, that run that they had as a champion was great, but she has, like, memorable moments. When people can get a memorable moment in the middle of a match, her memorable moment is just her holding a championship above her head, but it doesn't mean anything because she's not a champion. She had the championship, but she has yet to actually be a champion. Yeah, it it is an interesting position for her to be in. I wonder why. I mean, you, you I don't know. It, maybe it goes back to that same question we asked on Break to the Table a while ago, which is just like, is it just the standing she has with people in the back and do people just not really mess with her? So they thought it was a good look to give her the title, but at the same time didn't care to have her keep the title. I'm not sure. Um, upside, though, um, it, it's uh, I think it looks good for Alexa Bliss, who I don't think probably should have dropped the title in the first place. Right. I didn't think there was enough in that story yet that she should have dropped the title. Like I think I think Alexa Bliss's character is the kind that should find a way to keep sneaking her way around and keeping the title. And interesting part is what was very clear after the Nia Jax uh, insertion in the, in her story at the end is that I, her and Sasha ain't going to do anything anymore, are they? Not right now. Yeah, no, not right now. Indeed, Nia Jax bumped Sasha out of the way, literally. And then jumped right to the front of the line. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be the one to tell Naya that she needs to go to the back of the line for anything. She's 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 good where she's at. I'm not going to be the one to tell her to to wait. So she's. The I mean, maybe maybe, maybe they'll do maybe they'll do something with Sasha at first. But even if they do, it's just going to involve her getting beat up by Nia Jax. Yeah, like, you can't, there's no way you're gonna waste Nia Jax and Alexa now. Like this has to be a thing. And also, and how do you? I'll tell you what. I think it's a challenge telling the story, the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax story. Right, because then it's like, I mean, maybe not though. Maybe Alexa Bliss can pull off being a babyface at least for the duration of this feud, and then go back to doing what she was doing. I, I mean, I don't know. I think Nia's going to end up being more of the babyface here. How, though? How does that work? Because, like, Nia Jax is, like, the size difference doesn't lend itself to to a wow. story where Nia can be the babyface. It doesn't at all. But damn it. Sorry, Dip. Kayfabe only I know. But damn it if Nia Jax isn't just so lovable. <laughs> and I feel like it comes across in some ways in her character. Um, we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. You know, maybe I would like to volunteer. Maybe the way I can go to uh, No Mercy is I can be the muscle 
for uh, for Alexa Bliss. Not not in the, actually not the muscle. I'll be the brain. You know? <laughs> King is King is not going to uh... King King would not like it. No. But I will. Here's what we'll do. We'll run a storyline about how I had Alexa Bliss take a um, DNA test and she found out she's Jewish, which, by the way, is a shoot. And now that she's my Jewish sister, I find myself looking out for her and she joins my new my new um, stable. Are you taking the Jew world order to WWE television? No, I think we'll just be called the shul. And the shul, myself, and Alexa Bliss to start. I mean, listen, if Paul Heyman knows what's best for him, he tried to get down with the shul. What does By shul way, mean? What does that mean? It mean it's synagogue. It's a nickname for synagogue. <laughs> it's spelled S, I believe, S-C-H-U-L. Let me see. Yup. S-C-H-U-L. <sighs> Hashtag the shul. Not shield, the shul. Okay. And I will take my shul compatriots and, you know, I will watch her back. So when Naya, you know, so when wait, I need to pull on. her. So you're the brains behind the shul. Um, Alexa Bliss is the first lady. Paul, right. Paul Heyman is, is potentially the advocate. And uh, do we see Goldberg as the enforcer? See, I like what you're saying now. I definitely like what you're saying. You know who else I believe could be Jewish? And I'm going to look right now. Noam Dar. Let me look. Hold on. Has to be Israeli, right? I I have no idea. I'm not going to lie. Yep. He's from Tel Aviv, Israel. (laughs) Is he? Noam Dar. I'm I'm getting him in too. Oh, man. He's billed as from Scotland? Yes. Nope. Tel Aviv, Israel. Current residence, Orlando, Florida. Noam David Dar, a.k.a. Jew. (laughs) Has to be. Has to be. So, you know what I'm saying? We put it together. We put together this little crew. And maybe maybe the way that Alexa Bliss can beat um, Naya is by having her back watched by myself and Noam Dar at all times. Oh man. This is something to think about. <laughs> the shul the shul coming to an arena near you. I can't wait. This is gonna be major. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let I gotta tell you, speaking of things I'm very excited about. Um Jeff Hardy and the Miz. We gotta get to that. We gotta get to that as soon as I wrap up these black power rankings though. Oh sorry, man. What are we at? Number two? We're at number, number two. New day. Number three. Number two is the new day. Yes, number three was Sasha Banks. Number two is the new day. Um, another excellent match with the Usos. They can't miss, even though they did lose. Um, there was no championship on the line, just the right to name a stipulation. They're gonna get a rematch, and I'm fine with seeing them trade championships because it it elevates both of them. This is a situation where both teams and the championship look good by them trading it off. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And in at number one, Shelton Benjamin. He went from honorable mention to number one. Um, great showing. He still got it. 
what did you give me? Give me a little more detail. What did you actually think? I thought his performance. It was very that? reminiscent of um, World's Greatest Tag Team. I think Shel- um, Chad Gable is an improvement on Charlie Haas, and I think Shelton Benjamin is an improvement on Jason Jordan. So them together. Um, they didn't gel well completely as a tag team, but this was also their first match. So I'm expecting them to get better and better as the weeks progress. But Shelton Benjamin um, is still, still super athletic. He still um, can fly. He still can move. Um, he doesn't look 42 years old. Um so he might even still have some years on him that he can wrestle at the highest level. So I'm ready to see what he can do from here. Pretty pretty crazy to think about, too. I mean, I don't think he looked to be in full form yet. But not only are you talking about a guy who's been gone this long and is this old, but also is coming off an injury on top of that. Yeah, because he was supposed so to it, come it, back last year, um, September. So I love, I love him in... And Gable together. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, also, uh, Greg, as you wrap up the Black Power rankings, let me put a bow on that. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blacker than black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black. Do you see the uh, pro, re- pro Wrestling Illustrated PWI 500 is out? I did. I did. Um, what did that come out today? I'm not sure if it's actually out or if they just released the top ten to like. No, it says it says now on sale. Oh well, then then we need to go get that. Um, I did see who was number one. I actually knew about this for a little while, but I was told to keep it keep it low, so I did. Um, oh wow, who get who? You have you have an insider. I cannot reveal my source. I'll be a terrible journalist if I reveal my source. But I I did get to see the cover about a few days ago, maybe a week ago. And I was shocked to see Okada at number one. And then I thought about it and it was just like, you know what? He deserved it. Cause him and Kenny Omega have had a, a great run of matches together. Like I, I, I'm not even gonna lie from um, Wrestle Kingdom to Dominion to uh, the G1, like they did really well together. The, sh- the shocking thing, though, is to see that Okada's number one, and then Kenny Omega was so far behind him. But I mean, I well, guess that's the Omega's, first... Omega's number five. Yeah, Omega is number number five, I believe. But um, I guess that's the perks of being the champion is that you get to be number one. Like that's just that's just how that goes. Who else in the top ten there? SGG. It was Okada, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. Oh, here it was. Um, I found it. Yeah. Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns, Kenny Omega, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Dean Ambrose, you, you Bobby Roode, Dean Ambrose. Was ahead of, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose was ahead of Samoa Joe. Dean Ambrose is, is eight. No. No, I have it here. Seven. Samoa Joe at eight. Rude nine. Miz ten. Oh, the list I saw had Joe at seven and Ambrose at eight, but... Wow, are you surprised to see Dean at seven? I am, and um, Dean surprises me a lot, though. Like, I like Dean Ambrose, but I I just don't... I didn't realize how much 
everybody else liked him. I definitely am not the biggest Dean Ambrose fan, but he seems to get like the loudest reactions every time I see them live. Like the loudest pure babyface reaction. Um, Roman Reigns get the loudest overall with cheers and boos, but just a straight pop. Dean Ambrose is always at the top, and um, at the, you know his matches. I guess I've been overlooking them too, but. He did have that feud with AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler that produced some good matches, and so I don't know. I guess it's deserved, but it's just it's just shocking to me that he flies so far under the radar when we're talking about some of the best in WWE right now. Um, I think it's cool that the Miz is number ten. I'm sure it's going to drive some people crazy, but well deserved. But yeah, Dean being that high does surprise me. Um, it's funny to me too. For all the talk about every indie person, how great so many people are, and there are great talents, not just in like the indies, but in the bigger indies, the ROHs of the world, um, the PWGs, etc. It's there are two Okada and Omega are the only two in the top ten, not in WWE. Yeah, and I mean Okada and Omega did great work, but I, I wonder how much of that is just the fact that. Um, People don't see them that much, or like the WWE has more exposure. Because um, Roman Reigns said it on on Monday, like they work four or five times a week. They do shows everywhere, all over the country, all all over the world, rather. So, like, I don't know how much of it is just that that these guys in WWE are their schedule is just on another level, and how much that played into bumping them up. Um, I, I have not. Have you watched 205 Live this weekend? I did not. Did you see that Enzo got a win? <laughs> I did not. Yeah. Uh, Enzo Enzo reportedly cheated to get a win in, in a six-man, let's see, hold on, in a tag match. Hold on. So they're all in on no, Enzo. No, 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 a, a six-man um, and got a win. So what, what, what were you saying? I was going to say, so it looks like they're all in on heel end zone now. Oh, wait, right? hold on, Greg. Like, Sorry, I muted you because I was watching. I was trying to watch this. Go ahead. What do you say? <laughs> so are they trying to move Enzo to a, to a heel now? Is that what's happening? I don't know. I'm in, I, I want to see how he, how he exactly cheats here at the end. I'll tell you one thing, though. Enzo's actually working in this match a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm happy think- to see that because... That was the one thing I was worried about with them sending him to 205 Live was um, will we – if he can't work, it was the kiss of death. But um, since he can, I guess I, I shouldn't worry too much. Wait, do you think he can work? I mean, you said he was doing some work right now. Like, I mean, he's doing he's, – he's, 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 he's working. He doesn't need to be AJ I'm... Styles, but, I mean, he just can't be Eva Marie. That's the thing. And by the way, his cheating to win in this was ropes was a uh, feet on the ropes. I'm okay with that. No, and it's it still gave him a babyface pop. Um, very interesting here. Very interesting. Uh, what about SmackDown, Greg? We spent our entire show practically um, talking about Raw. Obviously, not a ton of time on SmackDown. Um. Any major take takeaways from SmackDown this week? 
Um, we get <laughs> you speaking of, you know, the John Cena Roman Reigns match that we're going to get at No Mercy. We're getting another huge match on SmackDown next week too. Randy Orton versus um, Shinsuke Nakamura. Winner goes on to ch- challenge Jinder Mahal. So uh, that that shocked me that that was going to happen on free TV. You know, let alone so early. Randy and Shinsuke. Yeah, we get that next week. Um, yep, and that, and they tagged yesterday, and they have a match next week. Yeah, it's interesting. Shinsuke and Cena were free, and uh, Shinsuke and Orton are free. Yeah. Nice to see. I mean, listen, I just it's it's nice to see Randy doing something. I mean, I was gonna say it's nice to see him doing something that matters, but like, does it matter? It's so arbitrary. I'm like just so sick of RKO out of nowhere. Like, I I want Randy's character. Like, I just feel like these are wasted years. Like, Randy's an all time. He's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, incredibly, incredible, incredibly high level superstar. And I just feel right now these precious waning years in his career are sort of wasted with stories that are totally insignificant. So it's less to me about him having a cool wrestling match with Nakamura, which he's definitely capable of. And to me, it's more about him doing things that actually matter. I wouldn't necessarily say it's wasted because, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, he's winding down. And there's going to come a time when we don't get Randy Orton on Tuesdays or Mondays. And same thing with John Cena. And when that time comes, there needs to be somebody else that we can look forward to. So if him, if if his waning years is spent um, building stars and just letting them be able to get in the ring from him and learn from him. I'm okay with that. Um, I don't care about him winning or losing because we got to look to the future. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not in the ring. So I get the benefit of being able to watch wrestling into my 70s and 80s. And every so often, like, I'm going to fall in love with some guys, but then they're going to have to get out of the way for some new guys. And if this is part of Randy Orton stepping out of the way, then so be it. Uh, well, I think that that's a a morose way. I mean, listen, you can you can be getting towards the end of your career and still do awesome, meaningful stuff. It's not about just getting out of the way. It should be about doing cool stuff that makes other people better. It shouldn't be about just moving aside. That's not what John Cena's doing. John Cena loses, but he's not just getting out of the way. You know what I mean? For the record, by the way, um, GFW has released a statement about the sexy star Rosemary incident. It was an honor for GFW to be invited to participate in Triple Mania uh, 25, held this past weekend in Mexico City. The AAA talent that we have worked with have been consummate professionals, and the company organized and delivered an extraordinary event in which both DJ Z and Andrew Everett had spectacular showings following the recent surgeries. While the incident was sexy star marred an outstanding show. AAA executives have confirmed to us that appropriate measures are being taken in respect of this incident. Both AAA and Sexy Star have apologized to Rosemary. It is time to focus on the positives of the weekend. Triple Mania 25 outrated the other sports entertainment event on Saturday evening in Mexico. That's great. Eddie Edwards became the first gaijin to win the GHC heavyweight title. And... Look forward to building our relationship with AAA, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, that's great. All right, well, that was nothing. That statement was a big nothing. 
Womp womp. All right, what about the um what about the US title invitational? I'm more interested in Kevin Owens being unhinged. I'm not gonna lie. Kevin Owens hates that he lost that championship. And to see him go off the rails like when he threw on that referee shirt, he sort of looked like a natural in that referee shirt. And I love that like he started a five count and was ready to disqualify Sami Zayn for nothing. Yeah, I'm like interested to see where this goes. Uh, also, SGG Reds, we've done an entire podcast of not mentioned the Mayon Classic. Are you up to speed? I am not up to speed, but I am going to get up to speed um, this evening. I've, re- I've been looking forward to this to this tournament, and I, I really hope it's as well done as... Um, the Cruiserweight Classic, and the UK Tournament, and even the Dusty Rhodes uh, Memorial Classic. So I, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to watch. Um, anything else that we forgot to mention? I mean, I'm sure, I know there obviously is. We didn't talk much about Jinder Mahal's promo. Um, uh, by the way, I'll just say this in closing. They, we need more from the Jinder character. Him just saying, I'm, I'm, I represent India and you don't like me. I'm not into it. I want more out of him. <laughs> I, I want make him an actual bad guy. Like, I mean, I know it's kind of like I get where they're going with it. It's just a, I'm not comfortable with it, particularly given the time that we're in. And then B, on top of that, it's just not enough. Like, I'd rather just make him a real bad guy. I think like, don't get me wrong, he is he is developing this sort of monster feel to him that he's like an unbeatable monster, and that part I like, but. And the Singh brothers are awesome, and they make and I love that. I love that they was gonna go kiss his feet to apologize. I know, me too. <laughs> that that was awesome too. But there's there's more that could be done there. Also, do we think that uh, bouncing over to Raw, we think that Jeff Hardy having a solo match with Miz is the door open to Delete Town? Oh man, I you know people been waiting for that for a while. I hope so. I don't know if we even need it at this point though. Like maybe. Because I will say this, the company did always see Jeff Hardy as the bigger single star. And even though they brought them back in as a package, maybe that's where they're headed. Just back down that familiar road of, you know, splitting up the Hardys and Jeff going back up to the highest level. And uh, Matt just being in a support role for his brother, watching it all go down. It'll be interesting to see what they do there and what level Jeff still has it in him to get to. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, too, because over SummerSlam weekend, Linda pointed it out that when Jeff Hardy was at his peak, he was, like, the most popular wrestler on the roster and that it's been a while since um, anybody was able to reach that level. And, and I mean, like, more popular than Cena, more popular than Punk ever was. Um, more popular than Edge or some of those guys that you might have thought he was a step behind. He was actually ahead. And so maybe maybe they're trying to recapture some of that magic and they're just going to let him um, push him to the moon and let him sort of rise to the top again. Who knows? Um, I'm excited to see him versus The Miz, though. Wait, wait. Can you go back for a second? Who's more popular? How do we know that Hardy's more popular? 
He was he based this on the hits that they got on dot com for, oh, like, oh, for all the of these wrestlers, and they were saying that Jeff Hardy's articles and anything that they posted with Jeff Hardy articles, videos, promos, got it, got it, got it. Was above was all those more people. like it was more searched than anybody and, else. And- and I'll say this, and the Hardy's return is the most watched YouTube video of 2017 for WWE. Yeah, and so they know what they have, and may, maybe they're trying to trying to get back and reclaim some of that nostalgia. Well, I, I think that I will say this. I would love for Jeff to get to the top one more time just because I feel like his run at the top was short last time. And he's there is something about him that's very over. And I think it'll be really cool when he has a meaningful singles match against The Miz and you hear his music hit. And it is a great opportunity to make the title, the IC title, mean something. Yep, which is exactly what The Miz said he wanted, yo. He said he was tired of the IC championship um, taking a back seat to any and everything else. So now he gets to step in with another former world champion for the IC great. championship. Very important question. Are you going to have a new microphone by next week? Yes, I am. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. The physically large, physically strong, and now physically willing to splurge. Stack guy, Greg. Greg, how is how is your uh, physical size these days? Um, It's uh, plateaued a little bit. Any interest in uh, in getting back down and to fitting comfortably into a large shirt again? <laughs> There's interest, but I, I gotta tell you, though, I'm not gonna lie. I just love good food too much, though. Like it's catching up to me. In my younger days, I could indulge and not have to worry about my waistline, and now it's catching up to me. So I gotta make some decisions, man. I'm just is away. the no- is the number one problem delicious chicken? Chicken, 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 chicken. That is that is definitely the number one problem. I can never say no. You know, grilled, fried. Well, if it was Greg, let's be honest. If it was grilled, how big a problem would it be? If it was grilled, it might. You never know because, like, portion size is part of it too. Man, I might. Well, no, go portion, back contro- for more. portion control is important. Portion control is important. But Greg, by the way, don't ever come down to Maryland because at the gas station Royal Farms here, yo, know, the fried chicken at Royal Farms, Greg, you might move here. Oh my God. It is the home of delicious chicken. Hey, guys, make sure to tweet us this week. Show some love. Uh, tell us what you want to talk about next week. Um, don't forget those Uptown Malcolm shirts and those alumni shirts will be gone by the end of the weekend. TopshelfPremium.com. SGG, I'm going to go back to my vacation. Do me a favor, okay? You want me to stay mage? Yeah, you guessed it. Stay mage. I got you. I can definitely do that, Pete.